Six o'clock, this is the SAFM Market Update with Manny Webb, Hilton Tarrant with you on this Wednesday evening. Tonight, what do local manufacturers feel about the rand at 10 to the dollar? They wanted a weaker rand, but now they say it's not a silver bullet and it's not that simple. Kunrat Besaidnote, Executive Director of the Manufacturing Circle, joins us at a quarter past. Chris Gilmore on the retail sales figures, the trend definitely down. Some globals. Koki Koiman is back from his safari to China, Korea and the U.S. He says banks there still look a lot more attractive than our big four or five. And Simon Brown of Just One Lap is with us to make sense of the markets on a day where the JSC ended up 0.4%. That and more to come. First, here's the news. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SAO is with Jack Solidarity's claim and Zuma urges critics not to dismiss NDP with the news at 6 in San Marshall. SAO has rejected complaints by Union Solidarity for excluding white men from the company's cadet pilot program, saying it's important that there is transformation across all disciplines. Solidarity Deputy General Secretary Dirk Herman says they have received several complaints from white men who unsuccessfully applied to join the program. SAA has accepted the applications of 10 black men, 4 black women, 9 coloured men, 1 coloured woman, 7 Indian men and 2 Indian women. 7 white women were accepted into the program. SAA spokesperson Tladi Tladi says the airline's flight deck crew is not reflective of South Africa's race and gender demographics. The family of former President Nelson Mandela have for the first time issued a statement after his admittance to the Pretoria Heart Hospital for lung infection on Saturday, saying they are satisfied with the treatment he is receiving. This follows a statement by President Jacob Zuma in Parliament this afternoon in which he said Mandela has been reacting well to treatment since this morning. The family have also expressed gratitude for messages of support from the public. Mpumatoho reports. Mkosi Zueliveli Le Mandela says, the family is satisfied with the treatment Mandela is receiving in hospital. He says they are deeply touched by the prayers and overwhelming messages of goodwill from all South Africans and the international community. Nkosi says the family would like to extend their sincere gratitude to the South African government, the ANC and the doctors in charge of Madiwa's health. Mpamatom, SABC Radio News, Pretoria. President Jacob Zuma has again urged critics of the National Development Plan not to dismiss it, but to engage government on how to make it more acceptable. Affiliates of Trade Union Federation Kasatu, like Metal Workers Union NUMSA, have rejected the NDP out of hand, describing it as a neoliberal socio-economic plan which will deepen the rift between rich and poor. Presenting his budget in Parliament, Zuma called for constructive dialogue on the NDP. It is normal to have differences of opinion in a democratic society like ours. That is what brings vibrancy to public discourse. That cannot in any way constitute a crisis. What we are suggesting, though, is that people must offer constructive inputs on the plan and not just debate for the sake of it. Convicted drug dealer Frank Nomalisa's lawyer has welcomed a constitutional court judgment which overturned an eight-year increase to his client's jail term. Nomalisa and Chayokwele were convicted of drug, drug trafficking in 2011. Nomalisa will now have to serve 12 years in prison. His lawyer, Sean Hamilton. Look, I haven't spoken to Mr. Nabalisa as yet. You know, he's incarcerated at the moment, but uh, his wife phoned from Nigeria and I uh, gave her the news. She was very happy with the decision. 
Germany's president, Jochen Cook, has laid the foundation stone for the controversial reconstruction of King Frederick the Great's palace in Berlin. Most of the cost of the reconstruction at 7 billion rand will be met by taxpayers. The BBC's Steve Evans reports from Berlin. The palace was one of the world's grandest buildings from 1701. It survived the Second World War, damaged by bombing, but still standing. Then in 1950, the East German authorities decided it didn't fit the image of communism, and so had it dynamited to rubble. Now the president of Germany has laid the foundation stone for reconstruction. There is some private money, but the taxpayer will pick up most of the bill. There has been controversy about the cost at a time of austerity. We end the bulletin with a warning from Eskom. The electricity usage is expected to be extremely high this evening as the winter cold sets in. Households have again been urged to switch off all non-essential appliances between 5pm and 9pm to relieve strain on the power grid. The power utility says it is power, its power-saving tip. Freezers need to be defrosted regularly for it to run efficiently. Recapping the top story this hour, ESSA Airways has rejected complaints by Union Solidarity for excluding white men from the company's cadet pilot program, saying it is important that there is transformation across all disciplines. First of the news at 6, I'm Sam Marshall, the next news update is at 7. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Sam. Almost six minutes past six o'clock. Hilton Tarrant with you on the market update this evening. Uh, just before the business news, for IG being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced of traders find an edge. That's why they provide professional-level charts that update in real time and offer a range of indicators and functions, including tools to help you scan the markets and test your strategies. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a look at what they can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorized financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. Well, in the business news today, the Public Investment Corporation will consider investing in more companies linked to Aliko Dangoti, the continent's richest man, as it seeks to tap industries benefiting from economic growth. The pension fund this week invested over 2.8 billion rand in Nigeria's Dangoti cement to take a 1.5% stake. Said the deal will also offer opportunities in Nagoti's sugar, flour, oil refinery and port operations. The fund has as much as 70 billion rand, close to $7 billion to invest in Africa and is targeting as much as 20 listed stocks across a variety of in- industries. Meanwhile, growth in South Africa's retail sales slowed to 1.9% year-on-year in April from a revised 2.7% in March, Statsa said today. On a month-on-month basis, sales were uh, adjusted, sales were down, rather, uh, 0.6%, increased by 2.8% in the three months to April, compared with the same period the previous year. Economists polled by Reuters had expected year-on-year sales growth of 3.5% for April. And money collected from e-tolling in Gauteng will not go overseas, Sanral said on Wednesday. Spokesperson Vusimona said in a statement, Of course, everyone is now jumping on the political bandwagon that once e-tolling commences, all the collected monies will be going overseas. He said this is simply not true. 
Mona said the dividends will be declared, or they declared, could be paid to foreign companies only after income tax was paid in South Africa. This, of course, follows an announcement by Austrian company Kupsch Traficom that its loss-making days would end when e-tolling started. Turning to the markets, the JSE's also index up 0.4% at 39,766 points. U.S. markets weaker at the start. The rand 1001 to the dollar, 1568 to the pound, 1336 to the euro. The gold price, $1,391 an ounce. Platinum at $1,478. And a barrel of rent is at $103. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Eight minutes after six, Simon Brown of Just One Lap uh, joins us, our guest market watcher this evening. Simon, these markets are pretty tough to read. <laughs> they are evening, Horton, and it was nice to see a bit of green, but, but let's stress it was a bit of green compared to the absolute pummeling we got yesterday. Uh, resources still under pressure today. Gold stocks in, in particular mostly taking some pain. There's, the market is still skittish out there. The, the rand seems to keep on jumping out to that sort of 10.20, 10.30 and then coming back to 10.995 or something, but the skittishness certainly remains, and I think in the immediate term, probably the, the broader selling likely to remain. The euphemism I heard not too long ago, about 45 minutes ago here on SAFM, was something called bottom picking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the sense being, okay, so stocks are falling and uh, now we are seeing value. I, I, you know, they haven't actually fallen that much. I mean, yes, we are down year to date. Um, we are off about 10% perhaps from those, those massive, the 44,000, the all shares around 40,000 or so. So we've seen a bit of a pullback in, in, in that sense. Um, yeah, Willie's down in the 60s. It's, you know, 20% off at 72 Rand. But when you start looking at the metrics and you're delving into it, we, we're not seeing those expensive stocks suddenly becoming crazily cheap. The expensive stocks are just a little less expensive more than anything else. I'm not convinced this is uh, necessarily a time to, to go rushing in. Yeah, sure, have a look around if there's something you really liked and you think it's looking attractive, but this isn't a, you know, throw everything you've got at the market. It is a time to keep some powder dry on the sidelines because I have a hunch that there will be a lot more opportunities in the months ahead than perhaps they are now. I think so. I absolutely think so. And I, you know, it's always a good idea to have a bit of cash. I think in this type of market, probably a, even a better idea. Um, if you've got stocks that have done incredibly well and you were thinking of perhaps selling some and taking some profits, that's probably not a bad idea. And you, want, you don't want to exit in its entirety, but you want to put some cash there. Uh, I, I do think that as you know, in the next quarter or so, maybe even the next six months through to the end of the year, we can potentially see some 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 some, some more weakness. And let's understand we have had a, a number of of, of fairly strong years, 2009, 10, 11, and 12, we've had four years of, of green returns in the market. Historically, we don't, we don't often get five in a row. So uh, this year, next year, one of them is going to be a red year. You mentioned Woolies earlier, stock down uh, almost 3% on the day, 61.66. Mr. Price also under pressure, a number of retailers under pressure. Obviously, retail sales figures out, and we'll hear from Chris Gilmore in a couple of seconds' time. On the downside, 52-week lows, the Fashini Group, Trueworths, uh, the Pick and Pay Holding Company. Pick and Pay doesn't massive, massively surprise me. They've got to prove a lot to the market. I think they're still crazy expensive at their current prices. A lot of good news being priced in, and, and I don't think that good news is anywhere you know, three to five years away, perhaps. The retailers absolutely taking pain. And yet, 52-week lows, they're still well up over the last four or five years, a couple of hundred percent. But certainly, what we're seeing is some of the retailers, I suppose you almost want to call them your blue-chip retailers, your, your Woolies, your, your ShopRites and the like, they're under pressure, but they're not under 
the same level of pressure as perhaps those second tiers. And, and second tiers aren't bad retailers by any stretch. The market's just saying they're going to find it significantly harder than perhaps certainly ShopRite. Let's bring in Chris Gilmore now of Absa Investments. Chris, retail sales data out for April, 1.9%. Your take? Yeah, we were looking for significantly better than that, Hilton. I think 3.6 is the figure we've penciled in there. So a, a, a grave disappointment, and I think what it does is it, it highlights, you know, the fact that we've now had, what, three out of the past four months have been, uh, you know, consecutive, consecutively down. We, it, it, the, the trend is undoubtedly down. The momentum is slowing. So it's saying that uh, even without the kinds of pressures that are going to come in next month, you know, with the higher Eskom tariffs and whatever, and, uh, and we haven't really seen the, the, the huge impact of the significantly um, uh, weaker rand, then I think, uh, no, the consumer is going to remain under significant pressure. If we dig into the numbers, Chris, uh, and, and look at the different sectors uh, that make up these retail sales figures, furniture, appliances, and equipment, that sector – if I look at uh, February, March, April, minus 6.6% year-on-year, minus 6.5% year-on-year, minus 2.9% year-on-year, not really a sector of the market you want to be involved in. Well, that's right, and, and that's reflected in the prices of companies like Lewis and JD Group, you know, which are sitting at very, very low PEs and pretty high dividend yields. Um, so, yeah, I think these have been the major casualties of the withdrawal of, uh, of unsecured lending uh, in, in, in the sector. So yeah, I mean these, these are big pick, uh, these are big ticket items that people are are going to be buying, and I think there's a degree of nervousness out there. And so yeah, while they look cheap, I think there's a reason for it. Chris, looking ahead, still positive for the year overall. Oh yes, look, I think we would have to get uh, a, a huge amount of extremely bad news for us not to be in, in positive territory for the year as a whole. But uh, but having said that, as I say, the momentum is slowing down. And, and, and at 1.9%, you know, we're, we're not that far away from the, from, from the zero line. But, look, I think we'll kind of we'll bob around in the kind of very, very low single digits for quite some time to come. We do have this, uh, this great unknown in the currency. I mean, this could really turn things on, on their head uh, in, in a very short space of time. Look, as far as the actual shares are concerned, you're quite right. I mean, if you look at the, the, the shareholdings of uh, the likes of Massmart, for example, 70% of the shares are held by outside of South Africa. And, and the same goes for an awful lot of these retailers these days. I think uh, that, that was a very much a vote of confidence in South Africa. I mean, our retailers are internationally acknowledged to be, as being extremely well run. There's no doubt about it. And I think given reasonable conditions in this country, they can do very, very well. But as you rightly say, the RAND is the problem. Um, and if you look at our emerging market peers, I mean, none of them have anything like the same kind of quality uh, of, um, of retailers that we have. So I think, uh, unfortunately, you know, if the RAND is going to stay at these sort of levels or even get worse. Um, foreigners are probably going to, to, to continue being on the sidelines. Chris Gilmore is with Absur Investments. Simon, elsewhere in the market, we are uh, taking SMSs on the program, 34701, using the keyword market. 34701 with a keyword market. Question in uh, late last night. Does it make sense to continue buying unit trusts monthly? This, uh, this listener invests 1,250 rand a month, uh, given what's happening on the JSE, and it's signed Worried Novice Investor. <laughs> a worried Novice Investor, it absolutely does. Understand that you, you put a set amount in. As the JSE rises, you get less bang for your buck. You get less units. So, in fact, a falling market's a wonderful thing. Yes, the ones you already own, the value's going down, but you get 
to buy more every month. And really, you know, timing the market to that sort of minute detail is, is, is immensely hard. The experts struggle with it. Um, as novices, I say the best investment you can do every month, put money into an ETF, into a, into a unit trust, forget about it. The market will go up, it will go down in the short term. In the longer term, markets move higher. And it's, uh, it, it really is about ignoring what's happening in the short term and, and just sitting back and not being nervous when, when something like yesterday happens and the market sells at 3%, percent doesn't mean you need to rush and, and get out of everything. Absolutely. And it's, 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 it's not easy to, to ignore it. It's mm. out there. We are talking about it. The headlines are out there. You know, worst day in 20 months, whatever yesterday was, etc. It's not easy. But to, to remember that this is a, a long-term plan. This is not you know, something of a, to be measured in, in, in days, weeks, frankly, not even months or years. You need to take that view of, of, of 5, 10, 20 years. And if you look at long-term charts of, of, of the stock market yes there's 2008 there's 98 there's 87 there's all these crises and the like not to say we're back at that point but over long term market gives a superior return 16 and a half minutes after 6 o'clock you and Tarrant with you on the SAFM market update this Wednesday today's top story is brought to you by IG South Africa visit igmarkets.co.za to open a trading account today well local manufacturers have been calling for a weaker rand for years yes the currency at the 6 rand and 7 rand to the dollar levels was perhaps too strong the rand's been weakening since 2011 though and at 10 rand to the dollar it's nearly 50% weaker Manufacturers should be smiling. Kunrad Besaidnot is Executive Director of the Manufacturing Circle. Kunrad, you represent a number of manufacturers, big ones, small ones, packaging, steel, paper, beer, food, motor vehicles. A critic might ask if you're now finally happy with the RAND at 10. Well, uh, look, uh, the RAND is very important, but of course there is a range of factors that that, that uh, present challenges to manufacturers and that we uh, address equally with the RAND, unfortunately or fortunately. It's just that the media shows a lot more interest in the RAND than in other factors, which uh, I can understand from the public's perspective. Kunrad, is there such a thing as, as too weak when it comes to the currency? Well, I think most certainly, but I think at, at current levels, look, the consensus amongst our members has certainly been for some time that at 99.50 to the dollar, they are able to cope much better than at the previous levels that you've mentioned. Um, now, currently, uh, they are still being buoyed by it, um, and the effect that it does have in a low-demand, high-cost environment is that it provides, uh, it ameliorates the margin squeeze that they experience. It allows them to carry on for another day to provide employment uh, and to see it through to better times when demand will be higher and costs, hopefully, domestically, will become more competitive. As, as far as the ability and the, the pace at which these manufacturers react to, to currency movements, can our manufacturers in the country react to take, uh, to, to, to use this, this week around to, to their benefit? Well, I think there's still uh, too much fluctuation, and and certainly the the um, it all depends on uh, to what extent or for how long we stay at the current levels, whether it weakens further or whether it goes back to nine rand to the dollar. Mm. Uh, but we are having a meeting on the 20th of June. We will be able to get a, a broader view of what's happening amongst all of our members, but certainly in the conversations that I've had in the last couple of days, the manufacturers are saying to me unequivocally. Uh, the RAND is allowing us some breathing space um, in, in low demand, high cost uh, conditions.
Of course, there is the distinction to be made between those who manufacture for this country and those who manufacture for export. The ones who export their goods would uh, no doubt be very much in favour of, of Iran at this level. Yes, uh, yes, most certainly. It's particularly for them that it allows breathing space, but also for the guys that have to compete domestically. Remember, there is a problem of unfairly incentivized goods coming into uh, our market and then making it very difficult for local manufacturers who need space to be able to pass on costs that they incur as a result of rising administered prices, for instance. Um, those guys are the ones that suffer when the RAND is strong in the domestic environment. Uh, the RAND being a little bit weaker makes it a little bit more difficult for the unfairly incentivized goods to put pressure on them and therefore benefits them as well. Unfortunately, uh, the trade-off is that the weak RAND has come at a time that uh, that uh, uh, consumers' buying power is weakening mm. um, and, and has been for some time. It's not particularly because of, of the RAND uh, weakening. There's a number of other factors that came into play. So local demand is also under pressure, but we are also seeing that some of government's local procurement initiatives are, are starting to pull off and gaining traction. Transnet in particular is doing very good work there, so there is some optimism with regards to local demand going forward. You mentioned that that depressed level of consumer demand, and and, uh, all all your members are are very similar to Simon and I sitting here in the studio. We're consumers. We're affected by administered prices as well. I mean, we we know the, the fuel price situation. We know the electricity price situation all too well. If we say that the rand at 9.50 or at 10 or at 9 is is a, a problem that is solved and, and the rand is now in a weaker position, uh, your members are now more competitive than they were at 6 or 7 to the dollar, what are two or three other items on, on some sort of wish list that will make South African manufacturing more competitive, assuming that the rand solves the one problem? Look, I think if you look at the manufacturing uh, 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 business confidence index that came out today uh, by the BER, that dropped a couple of uh, digits, and particularly because of political uncertainty. We need, uh, as the Reserve Bank governor said, stronger leadership uh, on the economy, leadership that can make uh, decisions without uh, uh, like sort of drawing, uh, uh, you know, their foot over the line in the sand afterwards, and that can uh, that can make decisions to put resources down on the productive side of the economy rather than feeding the consumption side of the economy all the time. Uh, another factor is we've spoken about administered prices, so I won't address that. But another factor is that we have to fight harder to gain a better trade position for ourselves, particularly as far as. Uh, uh, Southeast Asia, China and India is concerned, as well as South America, because at present it's almost impossible for us to get into those markets on an equal footing. Kunrad Besaidnote is Executive Director of the Manufacturing Circle. Well, there you go, Simon. It's not just a RAND situation. And, and Kunrad's right. I mean, to, to get access to markets that are growing, that are attractive, the DTR should be enabling that and making it very, very easy for our manufacturers to get over there and to get their markets exported. I think he is right. And, and I mean, he makes a couple of crucial points. One of them, he, you know, more than anything, you want to round at a level, but you want you want that volatility to go away. Uh, 10, 10, 30, that, that's big swings. You, you want a, a level and kind of stick to there. And, yeah, there's a lot of other issues out there. It's not uh, – maybe it is partly the media's fault and the like. Uh, you know, that whole story, Kasatu, came out as well. They all wanted the week around. Now they've kind of got it. There are other issues about it. Access to markets is huge. Rob Davies talks a good talk, but I don't know that he's necessarily doing 
being enough on the ground. That interview suggests not. Well, for IG being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced of traders find an edge. That's why they provide professional-level charts that update in real time and offer a huge range of indicators and functions, including tools to help you scan the markets and test your strategies. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a look at what they can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorized financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Almost 24 minutes after 6 o'clock, while Koki Kweman, head of Sunlum Investment Management Global, or SIM Global, seems to spend his life on aeroplanes. He's just returned from a trip to the U.S., to China, and to Korea. He manages, of course, the SIM Global Best Ideas Fund and the SIM Global Financial Fund. Koki, particular interest uh, on your trip in financial services companies in, in these three markets You've uh, been sitting in meetings with banks all day, every day for, for weeks. Yeah, five of them. <laughs> five weeks. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's actually been fascinating. And we started off in, in the U.S. where I spent about two and a half, three weeks, and uh, then moved, well, was a week in South Africa, then two weeks to, to China, and then, you know, last few days in Korea. I missed the, the Indian leg. Uh, some of my colleagues are still moved on to India at the moment. But you know what? Maybe just to put listeners firstly, just to show how how cheap those markets have become, and relative to our market, let's just take first rand, which trades at a price to book of two times, or Standard Bank slightly uh, cheaper, 1.6 times. Uh, and we've got ICBC, uh, the largest bank in China and uh, one of the top ten in the world, trading at 1.1 times. So first round twice as expensive. And JP Morgan trading at more or less the same level, largest bank in the U.S. at, at also about 1.2, 1.1. But the returns on capital of first and standard bank about 18, 20 percent. ICBC's return on capital at the moment is the same, 20 percent. Okay, J.P. Morgan, not low, but remember inflation in the U.S. is a lot lower, is 13%. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we wanted to find out, why is ICBC, with almost double the return on capital of J.P. Morgan, trading at the same level? And, and what was fascinating in, in the U.S., we found that the banks have been really capitalized, and that sort of show, our research before and showed that, and that the bad debt levels have come down quite dramatically. And, in fact, the U.S. consumers' debt levels, and debt as a percentage of salary earned, or sorry, debt repayment as a percentage of salary earned is the lowest since 1982. So we found U.S. banks are actually doing fairly well, and it's actually reflected in the markets. You can see how well the U.S. has done because unemployment's coming down. But the fascinating part was when we go to China, and you can see why the banks there are so cheap, is because what's happened there is that interest rates, have just been too low. The government has, has uh, controls interest rates that mm. banks can charge and also can can uh, pay on deposits. Um, and that low interest rate of two and a half percent you earn on the deposit, where inflation is somewhere between six and ten percent uh, unofficially, uh, has led investors to invest in all kinds of higher risk assets, but specifically property. It was fascinating. You saw wherever you travel. You see large blocks of, of, of flats, uh, completely uh, built, finished, uh, very high quality, but totally empty. Mm. 
And what Chinese investors have been doing is investing in property because the price is going up. <laughs> there's no yield. There's no, there's, no, there's no rental. There's no people living in there. Mm. Uh, they, they hold on to these things because the prices go up. And we found that with most of the factories, and so we visited, that you've got excess capacity. And so the real reason why Chinese banks are so cheap is that the market is really fearing that, that China is totally overbuilt and overleveraged on capacity, and that if it slows down, you're going to get huge bad debts. So, and that's really the problem in the world at the moment, that if China slows down further, that's bad for commodity prices. And, um, and it's actually, uh, you know, fascinating when you compare the U.S. banks now to the Chinese banks. And the Chinese banks themselves are actually very well run. Hmm. Um, but it, but it's, it's the system around them. The clients uh, are all actually in, in, in it seems, quite bad shape. And you then, interesting, at the last part, <laughs> you go to Korea, and mm. I, sh- I should have gone to Japan as well. Korea, all they talk about is abenomics. You know, the, the Japanese prime minister is trying to get Japan to, to have inflation and grow. But in doing that, obviously, he's trying to get the yen to depreciate. And, and, and that's also caused a huge sell-off in emerging markets because if he succeeds and he gets his currency low and he gets inflation going, like Korea, of course, they compete the whole time with Japan for export orders. They've got to let their currency depreciate as well. So you could have a, a whole wave of currency depreciations. Um, and you know, then you have a world of deflation, and, and then you know, you've, you've got a very difficult world. Um, so... Yeah, it it uh, was actually very interesting. Just contrasting the U.S., which which is actually in very good shape, despite what a lot of people feel, and China, which everybody still thinks are doing well, but but there's a lot of risk out there. Koki, we'll have to leave it there. Koki Kwanman, head of some global, and uh, hopefully later on this week uh, we'll get a chance to chat to Koki again. Really wanted to press him on on some sort of perspective because when you do travel, you get to put this all into perspective, see what's happening over there. But uh, then the kind of wild volatility that we're seeing on our local market also comes into perspective. And I think, Gilton, that's part of it is that for the last couple of years, American investors have been going into emerging markets, the risk on trade. They've come to South Africa and other emerging markets. These days, they can now invest in their home territory, America. They can remove the currency risk from it. They can remove the emerging market risk. Um, and, and they're doing it. The American economy is looking very strong. That's got great implications for the U.S. markets, not so great implications for emerging markets such as ourselves. Our thanks to Simon Brown of Just One Lap. It was a day where the JSE ended up 0.4%, 39,766 points. U.S. market still weaker uh, in the trading session. The rand is at 10 rand 01 to the dollar. This has been the SAFA market update with MoneyWeb. It's uh, 6.30 now and time for game plan.